according to St. Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, To you who hear, I say, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend money to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But rather, love your enemies. Do good to them and lend expecting nothing back, then your reward will be great and you will be called children of the Most High, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. Good measure, packed together, shaken down and overflowing will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom that Jesus preached and lived was all about a glorious, absurd generosity. Think of the best thing you can do for the worst person and go ahead and do it. Think of what you'd really like someone to do for you and do it for them first. Think of the people to whom you're tempted to get back at or to teach a lesson to and lavish generosity on them instead. These instructions from Jesus are all about a radical sort of new life, like flowers growing out of concrete. 
Are they possible? Well, yes and no. Jesus' point is not to provide us with a new rule book, a list of do's and don'ts that we can check off one by one and sit back satisfied that we've been holy by the end of the day. His point, I believe, is to illustrate an attitude of heart, an intentional freedom of spirit in the face of all that the world can throw at you. And at the center of it is the thing that motivates everything. You are like this because God is like this. God's generous to everybody. Generous even to a fault, I rather suspect in the eyes of the stingy. He provides good things to anyone, the undeserving as well as the deserving. He's astonishingly merciful. And if you honestly know yourself and still see his hand of love and grace at work in your life, you know what I mean. So, how can we, his own beloved, forgiven children, be any less? Only when we discover people that this is the sort of God we're dealing with do we have any chance of making this our own way of life? In fact, these instructions are all about what sort of God we believe in and about the way of life that follows from that. And we must admit, looking at history, that down through the years, many of us seem to know little or nothing of the God of Jesus the God he's talking about. Much of what's called by itself, calls itself by its name of Jesus, seems to have believed instead in an angry, dangerous God, a nitpicking God, a score-keeping God, a God whose only concern seems to have been to make life as difficult as possible and guilt-ridden and to make salvation nearly impossible. At the same time, this passage also gives the lie to the old idea which was around at Jesus' time and still is, of course, around in our time, that all religions are basically the same, that all gods are variations on the same theme. But this God, Jesus' God, is different. If we lived in a society where everyone really believed in this God, there wouldn't be any violence. There wouldn't be any retribution, much less revenge. There wouldn't be any political divisions, social classes, or economic castes. Property and possessions wouldn't be nearly as important as making sure your neighbor was okay. Imagine if even a few people around you took Jesus seriously and lived like this. This is how Jesus lived. The reason why crowds were gathering around him, as St. Luke will say earlier in his gospel, was that power was flowing out of him and people were being freed 
and fed and cured. His whole life was one of persistent generosity, giving all he had to give to anyone who needed it. He was acting out and speaking about what he knew, the extravagant love of his father, which led him to live a lavish human life. And finally, when they slapped him on the cheek and ripped the coat and shirt off his back, he went on loving and forgiving, even from the cross, asking his father to forgive those who put him there. He didn't show love only to his friends or even to those who asked for it. He showed love to his enemies as well, weeping over the city that would reject him and reject his way of peace. His very behavior embodied the God of whom he spoke. I think there are two remarkable things about these instructions that Jesus has given us this morning. Firstly, they are just simple, clear, direct, easily remembered. And secondly, they're scarce. Do you know anybody who actually lives like this? Do you know any community or family where these guidelines are rules of life? Christian, what's gone wrong? Has God changed? Or have we forgotten and turned away from believing and trusting in who he really is?